Mr. Gold, your hand is up. Um, so the other night we had a long conversation with about 20 people who decided we were going to have, you know, a preliminary to the discussion that you guys are having today about the budget. In that meeting, we discussed where the budget was, how much money the uh, extra the budget was going to be, what the percentages were, where some of the money for the budget was going to. Uh, some of the things that the budget were going to were going to be three new uh, police cars, a dump truck, um, some other stuff that had to happen with the roadways. And a lot of this centered around economic development, which is the Board of Supervisors know I was the chair of the committee until I resigned about three months ago. There are a lot of people in Newtown hurting right now. The restaurants are dying. My friends who own a lot of these restaurants are begging for help. And not a lot of people are jumping through hoops on this board to come help a lot of my friends out there who own some of these restaurants in Newtown. I also found out there's an 18% increase in that budget for MICA to have an 18% um, uh, pay raise along with an assistant to help with economic development. Economic development that hasn't happened in this town for four to five or six years as the economic development is, de is, is declining rapidly in this town. Um, I think North Point and U.S. are buying up U.S. Steel over there in Fairless Hills with a one of the biggest projects ever. And if Fairless Hills can get economic development, I'm sure we can in Newtown. I know it's a hard time and it's a lot of stuff going on right now, but I think a lot of this budget money doesn't need to happen. I think there's a lot of people on here tonight that want to discuss this budget and why the budget is so high, why it's jumped the way it has. I do understand that you know a lot of things have to happen in Newtown, but I don't think a lot of you are seeing what's going on here with the residents. I don't know why we need two extra police officers. I don't know why we need three extra cop cars, a dump truck. I'm not even sure what that's about right now. But there's a lot of this money that's going and coming in and going to different places that I don't think is being thought of really here. And I think what really needs to happen is not to jack up the residents' taxes and to help everybody out who's really suffering right now by taking some of this red tape and this and this and these, these rules and regulations and this zoning stuff that you guys are doing. Signs can't be this high. People can't have this and that and kind of pull the red tape off a little bit. Thank you. Thank you for your remarks. Uh, let's see, hands up, Mr. Tomath. Hi. Um, I have taken the trouble to uh, compile a list of questions from a lot of residents, and a lot of residents have been talking. We've got about roughly around 797 signatures so far. Um, opposing this tax hike. Um, and we residents have asked you a bunch of pointed questions. Um, we, would, we are hoping we would get something in writing or you guys can address it in this meeting. Um, if you have the data, that is. But the key point that everyone is making here, as the previous gentleman pointed out, a lot of the residents are suffering. And at this point, if you raise taxes by 133% with the kind of hikes that we are giving, all that, that would be a travesty. And, and this is not politics. This is just, you know, a lot of people are trying to make this red and blue. I really don't care. What I do care about is, you know, the welfare of the residents. This is something you really, really want to think about before you you take any uh, action, you know, going forward. That's all I want to say. Thank you, Thank you sir. Uh, I see Mr. Domiglio. 
I got muted. Can you see me? Yes. Okay. Um, I, my name is Steve Demeglio. I live on Rice Road in the township. And I'm speaking on behalf of myself and <clears throat> members of the Newtown Taxpayers Alliance who cannot be here. Um, I've been a resident of the township for the last 33 years, and I've watched almost every board meeting. And this is my first appearance here before tonight. Um, <clears throat> I'm not the type that's comfortable being the focus of attention. I'm not really a good public speaker. So please bear with me. Uh, this is really hard for me. Um, so after 33 years of anonymity, you're probably wondering why this issue has motivated me to speak out tonight. Um, I'm adamantly against the proposed 133% increase in this township property tax. And they asked the board members to ask the township manager to cut spending <clears throat> and reduce this tax increase to as close to zero as possible. I understand that the reserve balance of 8 to 10% is a necessity, and I'm okay with the millage increase to maintain that if necessary. I have a problem with all the new spending in the budget. A 133% increase is the wrong solution at the wrong time. Personally, I think 133% increase is, a, is wrong at any time. Um, it tells me you're doing something wrong. Uh, you're telling us we have a $750,000 budget deficit that has to be filled without cutting any spending from the 2020 budget. On top of that, the budget calls for an additional spending of $1.5 million. So you're expecting taxpayers to point up another $2.25 million to fill the hole and fund more spending on top of that and accept that there'll be no spending in cuts. It does not make sense to me to fill a $750,000 hole with $2.25 million pork. You may have a deficit problem, but your ever-increasing spending is the source of that problem. We need an austerity budget, not a profligacy budget. We should not be hiring five more people with full benefits and pensions when we have a deficit. These new people will be expecting their 3% raise every year, the cost of their benefits will increase every year, and we'll continue to have to pay pay into their pension every year. The more money you put on the payroll, the more people you put on the payroll, the more increases you'll be imposing in the years to come. According to the police reports, calls for police assistance in 2020 were down 15% in 2019. Yet the budget calls for three more officers and costs of $66,000 per year. On top of that, more money is being budgeted for police overtime. This makes no sense to me. If you're a business owner that had a widget factory and demand for widgets was down 15%, who would hire three more widget makers? No, nobody. No smart business owner would do that, neither should our government. Here's an idea uh, for some revenue. Um, North Sewer has responded to 762 false burglar alarms as of October 2020. This projects out to about 910 for the year. I don't have a figure for 2020, but using 2019 number, our cost per police call is $459 per call. How about we build those residents for the amount for the false alarm? This would compensate for the $418,000 in these bogus calls will cost us this year, and most likely next year too. Now in the false, add in the false fire alarms that our police have responded to, and that's another 350 false calls per year at the same cost. So they're costing taxpayer $165,000 per year. These costs should also be recouped from the homeowners who have these alarms. The additional officers and the new cars could easily be paid for with this money, and there would still be money left over for other items on your wish list. Um, as far I've heard that oh, we need these cops because of the rice down contract, and um, you know it's going to bring in eight hundred six thousand dollars next year according to the budget. <clears throat> My question is, what's our cost? What's our break-even point? And what's our profit? I see that their cost per call is only two hundred fifty-nine dollars per call, which is two hundred dollars less than Newtown's. 
If we can get a similar deal to theirs, doesn't it make sense for us to outsource our police service also? There are some extremely large salary increases for certain people in this budget, particularly 18% for the township manager who made this budget. Who is responsible for his performance review? And what has he done to earn this increase? And on top of the raise, it was an assistant at a cost of $45,000 per year, plus benefits and pension. The purpose of this additional hire is supposed to be to fill vacancies in the commercial properties in the township with high paying jobs and boosting IT collections. Do you realize how many $100,000 a year jobs this new hire would have to generate just to cover the cost of his or her own employment? It would take 90 just to cover the salary and loan. I did the benefits and pension, I'm guessing it's probably closer to 120, 125, $100,000 a year jobs. That's a tall order for anybody. Now suppose this person fails to generate the IT payments greater than what it costs to pay them. Are we going to eliminate the position in 2022? Or is this now a permanent position in township government that we, the taxpayers, had to pay for regardless of performance? The last new hire is for an assistant in the Coast Department at a cost of $40,000 plus benefits and pension. Again, can this person bring enough money and fees and enforcement funds to cover those new costs? It's another tall order that likely won't happen and the taxpayer will be able to pay for this position also. Again, simply too much spending. We advocate a freeze on all hiring, limiting raises to the rate of inflation, or whatever we're obligated to by contract, and cutting spending from the budget. Tax increases must be a last resort, not a first option. Cut first, then raise taxes to fill the hole and spend no additional money. I implore you to please listen to the vast majority of taxpayers who I've heard from. Uh, please reject this 133% increase, have the township hire to develop a realistic budget, and they keep tax increases to the very minimum, and thank you for your time and attention tonight. Thank you so much. That's it for me, Bill. Okay, I have, uh, let's see, we'll go to uh, Mr. McCarran and then Mr. Della Rocca after him. Thank you, Dean. I, I just wanna reiterate a couple of points I've made. Um, obviously, I've talked about this a lot and I'm not gonna repeat myself. Uh, but one, one item, if, if you look at the history here, We've consistently been in a $12 million range of expenditures, a lot of tight management. I give credit to, to management to keeping costs under control. Um, the consultants had recommended for 2021 that you not follow a normal year. Don't, just, don't take the prior year budget and raise it by 3%. They said use an adjusted actual for 2020. And they originally, in their interim report, suggested with the number at 2020 actuals at the time it was projected to be 12.3, they recommended 12.6. In the final report, that was increased to 13. Um, something I talked to Micah about, they added $350,000 for road maintenance. That was their bridge from 12.6 to 13. And then they had their recommended scenarios two and three, which added employees and it got to 13.4. Somehow this final budget got from 13.4 to $14 million. And I recognize that you have more revenues left over from, you have a higher surplus to start the year. You're projected at a million, you have two million, um, so you have that extra money. Um, but I'm just very concerned that if you go to $14 million, what does that mean for future years as you build that out? And it'll become something that's gonna require another dramatic tax increase if you do that. Um, at the same time, there is, there's an item in the, that's not in the budget that I'm still concerned about, and I'll repeat myself on this again. And that has to do with the volunteer fire services in the fire department. 
So as I mentioned in a previous uh, meeting, I had a Facebook exchange with the Volunteer Fire Association, and they told me that they are having trouble covering on weekends, that, that they're trouble getting volunteers to cover on weekends. And so I know we did not get a grant for this year, and we're going to reapply for a grant for next year to hire firefighters for the weekends. But my concern is what are we doing in the meantime in 2021? I mentioned two possible things to you, one of which is talk to Northampton Township and their plan and what they do, they pay $100,000 for volunteers to be on call. I also mentioned that another a number of townships use a split position um, instead of a full-time code enforcement officer, they have a split between code enforcement and fire marshal. So a way to get some assistance into the fire department. Um, I don't, you know, that hasn't gotten anywhere. I would love to hear what your plan is. I mean, I know you've talked about, we, we, don't, we don't want to have police cars breaking down. We don't want to have police officers not available, firemen not available, but there's a real issue for this year. And I haven't heard anyone address what they plan to do about it. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Uh, Mr. Delarocca. Mike Delarocca, 20 year resident of the township. First of all, I, uh, I want to commend you for creating a forum for sort of an open dialogue like this. I think it's important. Second comment I would make is in 20 years, it's the first time I've actually participated. So there's a reason why among all of the many things that I admire about the way the township operates, I chose to participate in this particular phone call. And uh, third thing I'll make is sort of a general comment is I'm really encouraged by both the tone and the substance of what I've heard people prior to my comments say. Um, there's been a lot of thought that I've heard expressed already and a lot of detail offered about why there's some concern about the trajectory that the township is on with regard to this budget. So those are all really positive things. My only comment to you um, is as follows. I, I just think in such an extraordinary moment in time that it's entirely inappropriate to approach planning for next year from a baseline of operations that is assumed to be somewhat constant going forward. Um, I've just retired and the reason I mentioned that to you is just before I did that, my career was spent consulting municipal government, state government, and private companies about their operations. And I can tell you that in the last year during COVID, I've probably worked with over 100 different organizations in both government and private business. And I can't think of one that is approaching its planning for next year from a baseline of continuity and increased cost. And when I saw the publicized material that we were considering such a dramatic increase in our cost base, in light of all of the challenges that we and others are facing, I found it alarming, inappropriate, and frankly, not a good indication of leadership and creativity and ingenuity, given the challenges that we face. My suggestion to you is to take a look at what we spend our money on today and to make some difficult and hard decisions about where reductions need to be made on an interim basis to reflect the realities of the revenue streams and the COVID challenges that we're facing and not take the position that we have, quote, succeeded 
if we've only increased our cost base by some negotiated amount that you'll consider as you go forward. I think whether you run a business or whether you run government entities, um, leadership shows its uh, benefit when you do difficult things in times such as the ones we're in right now. And I would challenge this board to approach it from that perspective. Thank you very much.